So okay. this could be any episode at any point. Well, guess what? In the timeline. I got something for you, Zane. It's a Valentine's Day special on episode wow. 140 to fucking 159 of Ding <laughs> Dong. It's a podcast. I love it already. <laughs> I, too, don't know how to count. What a, I already told you. What a, what a, what a, what a dumb, what a dumb, what a, what a, what a, what a, what a dumb. What a, that's it's a what a it's a dumb. Ugh. How you doing, man? Good, man. Just chilling. We're we're doing Valentine's Day here. We were supposed to be doing this live and in person, and yeah. instead, that son of a bitch snow got in the way. <laughs> Yo, why did winter decide to show up this week? Have you guys been getting the snow that like uh, Puyallup area? No. But and stuff. I've seen some videos. I have some cousins that live over that way. Yeah. Um, and holy smokes, like the buses are getting stuck. Yeah, like, they got absolutely puked on. Puked. No, but they did. They have so much snow over there, and it's a bad deal because for people who don't know, like if Seattle, I think Seattle has four snow plows for the entire town, just because yeah. they're like, look. It's not worth it for us. Like it's all yeah. hills and they it's all everything ice. immediately. Right, and so not only did they get like ice and shit like that, they also got like a foot or two of snow, which is totally insane. And so basically everything from like Snoqualmie Pass down is bad. Yeah, Central Washington's not great, but it's a little better, I think. Yeah, and but then, who wants to go there anyway? True. <laughs> um, and then our side of the state, weirdly, Spokane has been fine. Yeah. But it's it's got colder this week. But then I, I know in between us and you guys, we've got Lookout Pass, which is what kind of fucked us today, where we're looking and I'm like, okay, well, we could probably make it over, thinking, well, great, I've got Monday off. Madison was able to get Monday and Tuesday off. No worries. We'll come do Valentine's Day there. It'll be so fun. And so we did yeah. Valentine's stuff last night. We made steaks. We watched the last Twilight movie. Nice. Which I will say had a surprise ending that I apparently had never watched and don't remember reading. And for as corny as that fucking movie is for the first hour and 30 minutes, the last 20 honestly make up for it in my eyes. Isn't isn't the last 20 the first scene of The Hunger Games? It's pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically. <laughs> I've never watched any of the Twilight movies or read any of the books. Dude, uh, I read all of them, and then I've now watched all of them, too. I feel like that missed me by just a little bit. I like, feel like that also wasn't your shit at all. Well, they weren't. They weren't. Mar- yeah, they weren't marketed in my way. No, like Harry Potter and stuff, all about it. True. Um, I've read. I read a lot of like fantasy fiction kind of stuff like that. Right. But not necessarily the love story kind of stuff. And like, I'm not gonna pick up a little black book with a rose on it. 
about a vampire. <laughs> like, maybe it's insensitive. Maybe I'm missing out, but I don't think I am. Yeah, uh, dude, honestly, at, at, well, and at this point, you're definitely not missing out. At right. the time, you might have because of, like, the cultural impact of it, but. Yeah, yeah. But eh, at this point, I don't think so. But so There's I was a lot s- of things that I'm just okay just, like, having missed the boat on. It's cool. That's fine. Whatever. Well, and you kind of have to be because you can't catch everything. Right. Nor do you want to, necessarily. My reflexes are great, and it'll never go over my <laughs> <laughs> Um. So, yeah, so we were supposed to go to Missoula, but instead I looked today, and it's like, well, maybe it won't snow. And then we checked this morning, and it's the kind of road where, like, you could get there, but it's not great. Right. And uh, then my mom called and was like, hey, did you see there's a winter weather warning for the panhandle for the next 48 hours? And I'm like, well... Like, well, I was thinking of staying in Wallace, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe not. Madison would love that. Actually, she wants to Yo. go stay in Wallace, and then I was. We found out that it's full of people who may not full be of criminals. The kindest, necessarily, to put it in a non-slanderous slash rebellious way. Do you remember when the dude tried to rob the Hilton here? Yeah, and they found they found him in Wallace. Yeah, I do actually. That's where he ran to. Yeah, which is insane. <laughs> what a so crazy wild. deal. Anyway, but so anyway, so frustrating that we can't be there, but this is good. I don't know that I feel like we had to have talked about it since we've been doing this podcast for a few years now, but just the tradition of Valentine's Day in yours and Rose's world that also involves me. I feel like we talked, we must've talked about it last year. Like, did we do, I feel, I feel like we did a Valentine's episode with all four of us last year, the year before. Probably. Yeah. That so it had sense. to have come up. But long story, just for the, the new folks listening, assuming that there are any. Yeah, shout out. The tradition is basically one that I imposed on Santa Rose and they were kind <laughs> enough to go along with. Where when we lived at Johnson Street, every year for Valentine's Day, I would not have a girlfriend. <laughs> and that was part of the tradition. Only for, only for Valentine's Day, though. And also the rest of the year, but definitely for <laughs> Valentine's Day. Um, and so <laughs> I would just be hanging out at the house doing homework or some nerd shit. And then you guys would come in and start cooking. I would. You laugh because it's true. Um, and so, doesn't deny it at all. Um, and so, <laughs> you guys would come in and have some delicious smelling dish. And I would inevitably wander out of my room to, like, come get a glass of water and start chatting with you guys. And then either you or Rose would be like, well, we made a bunch. Do you just want to, like, come you want and some sit mac with and us? cheese or something? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess. Sure. I, I was planning on cooking later, but. Yeah, if you guys don't mind. <laughs> yeah, we always had our our triple uh, Valentine's Day, and then oops, it's been like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, man. It's good. I feel it like doesn't, yeah. Now it's, I don't put yeah. much stake into Valentine's Day in the first place. If anything, Sorry, I, Rose, I was gonna say. But. If anything, I feel like my presence may have dragged up the average as far as caring about Valentine's <laughs> Day. Probably. <laughs> Brought it brought it back closer to the middle. Right. So it was good. So, you know, if, if Rose was really invested and you were not so invested, that I could come in at somewhat invested and really kind of just even yeah, it all out. I was invested in making the meal. Yeah. You know, I always tried to make something. And you make she good was, food. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, And then she would make some kind of dessert. And that's that's great. And then we watch an action movie. Hell Yeah. I, honestly, that's, that's all I got. Right. That's all I got. You know. <laughs> but I think that's it. That's that's great. And so this year, I'm sad that we weren't able to. But you know what? Yeah, that that's fine. We got we got next year. Here we are. Here we are, spreading the love from afar. This year, you, the audience of the third wheel, 
So come along. Guys, I want a sad song played in the back of her mind. I have two topics <laughs> that I know I want to talk about. And I, I okay. guess it doesn't really matter which order we take them in. But I uh, want to okay. start, I guess, let's start with this one first. There's been a debate going around online recently about, um, I feel like it's right up our alley. And it's about food. Okay. And the question showed up, I think it was on the Rooster Teeth podcast. Okay. And the question was basically if you have a lasagna and you put another lasagna on top of that first lasagna. Yeah. Do you have two lasagnas or one lasagna? Here's Here's the deal. Mhm. You got one lasagna. No fucking way. I was going to I was going to explain it differently, but I remembered how a lasagna is made. So you know, you put you put your noodles on the bottom. You mm-hmm. put a little bit of sauce, right? right? So your noodles don't cook to the pan. Right. I'm gonna give everybody how to make a lasagna right now. How to, it's a little, how to make a, lasagna. A, little bit of, a little bit of sauce on the bottom. You Welcome put, to you, Giancarlo's Italiano <laughs> Restaurant. Giuseppe. Today we got the Papa Giuseppe teaching us how to make a lasagna. Go ahead. Gonna be, he started the bee's knees. Um. <laughs> oh. Quick, quick note. You probably saw me drinking something when we started. I did. Uh, it was a mocha. Yum. Except it was mostly hot chocolate. But I had Swiss Miss hot chocolate pack, hot chocolate packets, uh-huh. and I said something about Swiss Miss. And <laughs> Rose says that sounds a lot like bees knees. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> it does. I am in the Swiss Miss bees knees. The Swiss Miss bees knees. <laughs> fucking stupid i love it so so you put a little sauce on the bottom sure. go get your no cook noodles you have to oh God, just true. just don't waste the time pre-cooking lasagna noodles just put the put the no cook noodles in there you put three of them down they cover the bottom of your pan you put more sauce you put your ricotta you put your fucking if you're putting any meat or anything in there maybe that's in the sauce Tossed maybe you're putting in, it separately if it's uh if you're doing a veggie lasagna then you layer all your veggie discs in there and then you put a little more sauce on top and then bam Next layer of noodles, and then you repeat it. Right, and usually it's just once. Usually, you're, I I can never get a pan with triple layer lasagna. Maybe I just don't buy deep enough pans. Sure. But. I, I think a nice double layer lasagna is pretty good. Yeah. So, <laughs> but but because you repeated, mm-hmm. right? You no. went you went your ricotta, you went your no. your meat, veggies, whatever. You went a little bit of sauce, and then you cheesed it on top. Right. Then the next logical is the bottom of the next lasagna, which is the next. That's Noodle. fucking insane. So you have just doubled your layers. No. And it is one lasagna. I have You have a, you now have a nice four layer lasagna that you can't not, achieve with one pan. No. Because you had to cook it's it in two just pans. Thick ass. Because you have two lasagnas. No, 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 no. Which means it then you starts put... as two lasagnas. No. No. And then it becomes one. It's like fusion in Dragon Ball Z. That's you fucking got, crazy. No, you got same. Goku. You got Vegeta. But you don't put a layer of like they nice, do a little dance. Dude, but the they stick their cheese, fingers together. Stop. And you know this. the The top layer of cheese seals off the lasagna. If it didn't, but there's sauce under the next one. I know, but if it didn't, we agree that bottom of lasagna is sauce and yeah. top is cheese. Yeah, and then it starts again with no! sauce. No, it starts a second lasagna. I don't know. 
Dude, you can bury cheese in each layer of your lasagna too. I know, but you don't put the better way to do it. No, but you don't put the top layer of cheese on. It's a different thing. It's a different thing. Until you put another lasagna on top of it. Dude, no. That's crazy. All right. Well, I guess we're going to agree to disagree on this one. No, because I'm going to convince you that it's one. But what about two? What about about when you take, like, you had a a two-tier wedding cake. Yeah. And each of those tiers was made up of three little cakes. Right. Or or two little cakes. Right. So you had... You had six cakes. I did not. When they came out of the oven. Sure. But at your wedding, you had one cake that was two tiers that was two tiers of at least two or three. I would. But it was one cake. I would put this as a counter. And there were frosting in between each layer. Dude, but if I. Okay, here's a good one. I have a picture of a man holding a bunch of burgers. Oh, it's a McDankity. Yeah. But that's. He said, sorry, I would share, but I've only got one cheeseburger. No, because there's buns in between each of yeah, those. Yeah, well, there's a bun in between a fucking Big Mac. No, and so there's you're t- not. Dude. Well, yes, uh, in a Big Mac, yes, there is. I yeah, but only one. It has three buns, so you don't have two buns between any given layer. That's fucking crazy. There's no way, dude. It's two lasagnas. I'm just saying, if I was gonna make a tiered lasagna extravaganza cake, I would make a lasagna and then I'd make. I'd make it in like a nine by eleven, right, or I, whatever, nine by thirteen, yeah. whatever it is, and then maybe I'd make an eight by eleven, like a piece of paper sized lasagna, and I could stack that in the middle, and then I can go an eight by eight and put that, and I've got one lasagna cake that's lasagna top to that's bottom, lasagna even though cake, I made though. three separate lasagnas. We can it's all, just one lasagna. I, I don't disagree, but that, okay, but then fine. But to counter that argument, we're we're not talking about cake, and we're not talking about burgers because by that logic, a Big Mac is two burgers. Yes, it has two burgers on it. It's two. It is one meal burger, but you cook those separately and put them together, and they just happen to separate it with a bun. <laughs> but you just said that about the cake. You put them together. And you no, put but it- once you put it together, it's one. That's insane. If you no. if you kept two lasagnas apart, they're two lasagnas. There's, but once no. you put them together, if you showed up. And you go, hey, check this out. And you have a four-layer lasagna. Somebody's not going to go, wow, that's two lasagnas. Somebody's going to go, holy shit, how do you get that thick-ass lasagna? Dude, no. And it comes down to what I'm resting on, High Rocket. She's She, like, hears me yelling and is, like, concerned that I'm not okay, <laughs> which is definitely a fair assessment. But um, what it comes down to is that there is a top layer of cheese that signals the end of the lasagna. If you have, okay, for the wedding cake example, yeah. I had chocolate cake. Yeah. And you know what sealed off the chocolate cake? A nice buttercream frosting. But they I, put a crumb coke coat on it, and this bottom layer has frosting on it to get the top layer to stick to it. No, That's I. That's how each layer sticks together. No, I know that. But what I'm okay. saying is if you take lasagna part one and okay. lasagna part two, and okay. you put them on top of each other- yeah. That does That's not make lasagna one. Point five. No. <laughs> yeah. It's just no, double it, tall lasagna. No, it doesn't. That's insane and you know it. You divide one by two the same as you divide, you multiply two by one. How dare you try and use math on me? <laughs> you know I'm a lawyer. I don't do See, math. But if there's if there even if there's cheese in the middle, you have cheese in every layer sure. of your lasagna. Maybe you have a little layer of crispy cheese. Yes. But 
that's just a little late, but that's going to soggy out real quick, too. No, but it initially was crispy cheese, and it won't soggy out until you put another fucking wet lasagna bottom on it. Is you've made it something else at that point. You're like, no. all your friends are like, oh, my boy Deep Dishman is coming over with no. his signature four-layer lasagna, and little do they know, you've just been hiding two lasagnas on top of each other, but it's one lasagna. I don't want to be friends with the people who are friends with who they call fucking Deep Dishman, because Deep Dishman's real name <laughs> is Stupid McDumb Argument, because that's crazy! All right. It's just, you put a wet lasagna on top of a dry lasagna? It's not dry. They're Your both argument wet. is that the next layer on top of this nice, crisp, warm cheese layer is going to be sauce. But you don't lose that. The other lasagna is crispy on top too. <laughs> I just know, elevate the other lasagna, the crisp. so it sounds like there's two. What if you peeled the cheese layer off then you and slapped it on there and put it on lasagna. top? But you had to make two to get there. I no, you didn't. You just had to make one continuous one. But then you're deep dishman. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm not saying you can't make a four-layer lasagna. I'm just saying in this instance, a two-layer lasagna and a two-layer lasagna does not make one four-layer lasagna. It makes I, two two-layer lasagnas exactly what it makes. stuck on top of each other. Ah, but nobody would know the difference if you did not tell them. Yes, they would. They would say, no, why would you put a lasagna on top of this perfectly good nah. lasagna? Next time you come over, and this is spoiling it, I'm going to have a t- <laughs> double layer lasagna. I dare you. I'm going to have a four layer lasagna. You make you make two stofers and plop one on top of the other and tell me how it goes. Dude, my house might collapse if I put them on that top. That is true. Of they each. are dense. Go get the two Costco lasagnas. <laughs> <laughs> put these in the oven for four hours. It's like, do I have to double that time to cook two? Or that's the other thing. You can put two lasagnas side by side, you cook them once. Right. That doesn't have anything to do with it. I know. I'm like, wait, but to make, no, but to make two. Dude, that's crazy, though. Come on. It's not one. I'm not saying you're crazy. I'm saying your argument is crazy. It's a homogenous lasagna. No. Yeah. Dude. I think so. Okay. This is like Siamese twins. How about that? I'm not citing Twitter here. It's technically two, but it's one. That's fucked up. (laughs) But that's a nice middle ground. So somebody, because somebody's trying to dismiss the burger argument here, and somebody okay. goes, "But there's a clear ending to a burger: top bun, bottom bun. There's no end to a lasagna." Which generally I would agree with. In the picture that I showed, it was bottom bun, burger, top bun, bottom bun, burger, top bun. Those are distinct burgers. Yeah, but then somebody goes, "No, if you take out the extra bun, sure, but then you, you can extend that. the burger forever." Yeah, but you could put seven layers to that. I know, but then. No, stop. No. Because, and then it's still just one burger. No, because then it says, who doesn't make lasagna with a very clear top layer of cheese? Are you just letting meat sauce slip off the edges? It's got cheese on top. And somebody said every layer has cheese. And I don't disagree. Yeah. But the That's thing is, it's, it's a different kind. I'm not putting exclusively ricotta on top. That's fair. And I feel like that putting, is what separates yeah. it. No, you put the mozzarella. Because I know, your right. Parmesan. And then you just fucking sauce that baby. Yeah. And then. The real key is to mix the cheese in with your sauce through the that layers. That is true. Again, I'm not saying we can't agree on most of this. I'm just saying yeah. that we can't yeah. agree that it's one because it's two. Let's all just come together and we love lasagna. That's <laughs> the real point That's what here. we're really trying to get at here is that we love lasagna. How about you? <laughs> we love lasagna and we don't care. If you're making veggie lasagna, grate carrots into your sauce. Really? And then and then spread the sauce out and then put your other veggies in separately. 
what's what's the thought process behind that? I'm curious. Easier distribution. Mm. So you don't get clumps grated of carrots. carrots. Yeah. Not like you're not going to, sure. but carrots, like, they'll cook better immersed in the sauce, I feel like. They get cooked better when they get lost in the sauce. Yeah, exactly. Don't we all? <laughs> well. Get a little. Whale. Don't, don't we all get a little more consumed when we get lost in the sauce? <laughs> As long as we don't get exhumed when we're lost in the I sauce. Sure, well, that's the goal, though, right? You want to get exhumed. Well, true. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I had to start the podcast with such a polarizing topic, Zane. That's okay. I respect it. You get coming in with the heat. That's dude. Dude. It's Valentine's Day. You gotta give give them what they love what they love. Yeah. <laughs> About lasagna <laughs> and its separate states. That made it sound like a anyway. So, what else, huh? Dude, I have one other topic that I want to talk about. If you have anything else that you'd like to go now, I'm happy to hear that. But um, let me let me take a minute to look. Sure. I feel like there was something, but I didn't write anything down this week. Classic so. us. The amount, dude, the amount of topics and content we would have for this podcast if we both had just committed to writing stuff down when we thought of it would be oh man, unbelievable, infinite. Um, <laughs> I did, I did find a website. This this will be good. Speaking of lasagna yeah. and food, uh, that you put in, it's called justrecipe.app. Okay. Um, and you put in a URL for a recipe you find online, mm. and it gives you, it spits back out just the recipe without all the other. Here's how my life is going at this point. Hell garbage yeah, that you have to scroll through. Yeah, when you have to be like, hey, my great great grandfather made this cobbleberry cobbler. Yeah, it's like so. I started. Riding a bicycle when I was three years old, yeah, and, you're like, Where is and uh, here we are with um, cast iron pork chops. And I don't know I like, how those holy do. smoke! They're I just read for a too. half an hour to find out that I just needed to put some olive oil in a pan and sear each side and put it in the oven. Right. Just tell me that off rip, and then if I want to read your story, you can put it after. Sure. I don't know if I still have the extension on if you use Chrome. But on Chrome, I had an extension that did basically that same thing, where it would yeah. skim the page and just pull out things that were a recipe. And I'm like, that's pretty nice. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Dude, yeah, thank you to people who are smarter than us who can build shit like that. Because right. the world obviously needs it, but I just don't know how to do it. Also, no thank you to the people that make um, face filters for Instagram and Snapchat. Like the ones like, the who are you compatible with? Or... <laughs> What kind of animal are you? I like um, those, though. Those are funny. They're funny. They're so stupid. Somebody had to put so much time into that. Yeah. Shibu sent me one, and it was like, who are you compatible with? And it did the little emoji things, and it was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Also, that is funny. This was not going to be my second topic, but today or I do. I feel like we have to address it because everybody has. The okay. attorney in Texas who appeared as a cat in court. Yes. Yeah, that thing. How'd you feel about that, dude? I think nine different people sent it to me, and I laughed just <laughs> as hard every single time. For, yeah, for if you somehow missed it, there was an attorney who was on a Zoom hearing in Texas, and there's four boxes. Top left is the court; it's blacked out. Top right is an attorney. Top le- or bottom left is an attorney, and bottom right is this filter of like a kitten, like the little "I love you" cat from yeah. way back in the day, right? And the eyes move and the mouth moves. 
with the person's facial features, but it's like the oldest sounding old man who's behind it with like a Texas accent. And so it's like, I don't know what, a 20 second, 30 second clip. And it starts yeah. with the court saying like, uh, counsel, I, I, I think you might have a filter on, which first of all is a fucking hilarious sentence because yeah. one of two things is happening. One, he's obviously being polite and trying to say like, Hey, you definitely Quit have a filter on and <laughs> I'm just trying to let you know in a not rude way. But also two, And the one that I like to believe is happening is that the judge isn't quite sure, like 90% sure, but there's right. still a small chance that there is a cat in fact appearing in front of him today. And that he goes, I think you have a filter on. Yeah. And, dude, the guy who is behind the cat filter literally has the funniest shit going on. Because he pops in. You can hear him unmute. And he goes, oh, um, yeah, your honor. Hi. Um, yeah, no, we are we are working on it. Um, I have my assistant here. And she she is working on it. Uh, but I It am, is a filter. It, I am prepared to go forward if you need to. Um, I am here live. I'm not a cat. And uh, uh, it, it is a filter. So, yeah, if you need me to go forward, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to argue. And you see him. Like, he's panicking. He's trying to look down at the corner of the screen. But it makes this little cat look super suspicious. <laughs> like, oh, fuck, I am a cat. And I just got caught by the judge who now knows that I am an animal because I didn't put my human filter on. Yeah. Dude, that shit cracked me One up. One of my favorite takes was Philip DeFranco. And he was like, you know what I found out this week? Is that if you made a show with a cat lawyer, I would absolutely watch it. That's correct. So please, somebody make a show with a cat lawyer. <laughs> Completely agree. I think I would watch that all the time. This was a hot week for uh, shitty internet videos because yeah. the lady uh, gorilla glued her hair. Oh my god, that was which, fucking first wild of all, too. Let me just say, it looked great. Yeah. Like if you woke up with your hair looking fucking perfect every day, every day, just locked in. Ah. I mean, I can see how it would get old. Good thing she got it taken care of. Sure. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, uh, don't put Gorilla Glue on your head. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I just, I that's all I have on that. I, I don't have. It was a wild internet week. It was a wild internet week. Dude, I got my last topic here for the day. And I don't know that this will end us. It might be a short week because it's Valentine's Day and we, maybe, we yeah. love our partners and we want to go hang out with them too. Yeah, maybe it'll be a quickened. But... I want to talk to you about a man on Reddit named the Emperor of Jenks, and he was financially ruined by um, decorative gourds. Oh. <laughs> Please do tell. So, with all the stock news recently about like GameStop and things like that, Wall Street Bets has been in the public eye a lot. Yeah. And Wall Street Bets, for those who aren't in the know, is a subreddit where people who um, crudely describe themselves as, you know, like autists and things like that make yeah. stupid bets on the stock market. And sometimes it works out really well and they make hundreds and or thousands or millions of dollars. Yeah. And most of the time... It's them losing their entire portfolio. There's a guy on there called Guh Guy G U H, yeah. And he had basically, as far as I understand it, he was live streaming and he had made some play on Tesla, and he needed it to go up, and it went down right at opening, and he had done like an infinite money glitch on Robinhood, where basically 
for those of you like I, this is all fairly new to me, so I may not be explaining it the best. But basically, you can get margin, which is kind of like a loan. So if yeah. I have a thousand dollars in my account, but I want to go buy a stock that's two thousand dollars, Robinhood will loan me, or my financial institution will loan me another thousand dollars on margin that right. I that I owe, but right. that kind of leverages my buying power from it yeah. doubles it. But there was a way where he could go and say he deposited a thousand dollars, and then um, Robinhood gave him another thousand on margin. Right. To which he went and um, bought options, but then the options reflected a positive account balance because they were like worth money at that point. Right, and so he could keep continuing the loop, and he basically leveraged himself by twenty five times. So he had like fifty thousand dollars in his account at Great. the end of like three days, and he used it all to buy these options that he thought were like bulletproof. And right. then the stock tanks on the day that the options are due to be called, <laughs> and he's literally live streaming it. And you watch, and his account goes from, like, positive 50000 to, like, negative 80000 and he goes, <laughs> Like, you hear, you hear his soul, escape. his soul leave his fucking body, and it is the, fu- <laughs> like, it's sad, but it's also kind of funny. And so yeah. that's, like, that's, like, peak Wall Street bets, right? It's yeah. just somebody being like, I figured out a glitch for infinite money, and instead of resp- invest, uh, investing it responsibly in nice, safe stocks and just making that money back over time, I will YOLO it at one thing, and if it goes wrong, I will lose everything. Oh, right. Here's, here's the end of my life. So that's the Wall Street bet side of things. The other thing we need to talk about is something called the Onions Future, or the Onion Futures Act. Now, Never heard of it. For the, I, I would be blown away if you had. For those of you who don't know what futures are, futures are basically contracts that obligate a party or parties to yeah. deal an asset at a given date and price. Okay. So the buyer has to buy or the seller has to sell the asset at the set price, regardless of the current market price. And so in a right. sense, it's kind of like, I don't want to say educated betting in a sense, but you're you're basically saying like, okay, if if corn is trading at... $50 a bushel, right? You can buy, I don't know that corn is sold by the bushel, but let's say it is. It is now. Let's say corn is sold by the bushel and let's say it's selling at $50 a bushel. If you have some hunch or news or you're working the corn industry and you know it's going to go, you know, there's going to be some shortage and it's going to drive the price up, you could buy, avoiding the insider trading argument of that, you could buy. Uh, a contract that says I will buy corn at $50 three months from now. Then the shortage hits and the price skyrockets because supply and demand. And all of a sudden you buy, you have to pay 50 or well, you'd have to pay $5,000 because they trade in options of a hundred, but you'd pay $5,000, but your corn would be worth, let's say $8,000 because it's trading at 80 a bushel. Right. Vice versa. You could, well, so that's the upside part of it. You could, you know, get an undervalued asset or an overvalued asset at an undervalued price. The right. flip of that is um, you say, great, I'll buy it 50 a month from now. It drops to 30 and right. you have, you to, have pay to buy $5,000 for $3,000 worth of corn. Right. And so there's ways to protect yourself and all this stuff, but that is not what the people of wall street bets do. And so keep in mind too, when you're trading stocks, there's stock certificates or whatever, but they're mostly managed by like brokerage and clearing houses and stuff like that. And so I don't, right. I own stock, but I don't 
have the piece of the stock certificate in my hands. Right. It's just at a clearinghouse. Yeah. When you trade futures, you're buying the option to um, <laughs> purchase those things at that time. And you are saying, I will buy five, you know, 100 bushels of corn at whatever date. And so yeah. if you buy it, you're getting 100 bushels of corn delivered wherever the fuck you can take delivery. <laughs> so let's go. Back. I only have a P.O. box. Right. Uh... <laughs> Just stuff as much in there as you can. And so the Onions Futures Act is a law in the U.S. Um, from like the 50s that tr- bans the trading of futures contracts on onions specifically, as well as motion picture box office receipts. Now, here's the story. 1955, two onion traders, which is a hilarious job title. Yes. Sam Siegel and Vincent Kosuga cornered the onion futures market on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. The resulting re- uh, regulatory actions led to the passing of this act in 1958. What basically happened is in the 40s, like mid 40s, in an attempt to replace income lost by better futures, um, uh, when the Better Future contract ceased, basically onion trading was huge on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange <laughs> for whatever reason, which is so, so funny specific. to me. Right? I know. But then in, in 1955, onion trades and onion futures accounted for 20% of the Chicago Stock Exchange. Yo. so Or Mercantile Exchange, excuse me. So in 1955, Siegel and Kosuga bought so many onions and so many onion futures that they controlled 98% of the available onions in Chicago. This is millions of pounds. You're the onion don. Dude, it's fucking, yeah, exactly. You're the ring king. Millions of pounds of onions were shipped to Chicago to cover their purchases. Because, again, you have to take delivery of these things, too. Right. By late 1955, they had stored 30 million pounds of onions in Chicago. What? Or 14,000 tons. And then they could just sell them, Right. Right. They, they soon changed course to convince onion growers to begin purchasing their inventory by threatening, threatening to flood the, in, or the market with onions if they didn't. Because, again, they have all the supply. Right. And the demand is still present. And so they can kind of slow bleed it out and charge whatever they want for it. So financially, yeah. it's a brilliant play. It's an asshole play, but it's a yeah. brilliant play. As long as you can move them fast enough that they don't rot. Right. And, like, onions stay pretty pretty well right so they threatened to flood the onion market Siegel and kosuga told growers that they would hold the rest of their inventory in order to support the price of onions though because they knew if they flooded the market it'd fuck everything up even for them but as growers began buying onions they uh Siegel and kosuga accumulated short positions basically saying hey we think that the price or you know we're going to kind of drive the price down a little bit and they hedged their bet against themselves right another smart play they also arranged to have their stores of onions reconditioned because some had started to spoil. They yeah. shipped them outside of Chicago and had them repackaged and reshipped back to Chicago. Then the new shipments of onions caused a bunch of futures traders to think that there were too many onions, and that further drove down the price. So by the end no. of a year, in 1956, Siegel and Kosuga had flooded the markets with their onions and driven the price down, or a price of 50 pounds of onions down to 10 cents a bag. A year prior, Yo. or seven months prior, the same quantity of onions had been priced at two seventy-five a bag. <laughs> so they went from two seventy-five a bag to ten cents a bag because there were and so they had bought shorts on them, right? And they caused a shortage across the entire U.S. <laughs> they made millions of dollars in the fifties due to this transaction. However, or at one point, however, fifty pounds. Of onions were selling in Chicago for less than the bags that held them, which drove a bunch of onion farmers into bankruptcy. So public outcry obviously breaks out. 
a bunch of the farmers had to dispo- or you know pay money to get rid of the shitloads of onions that they had grown. Right. And then the SEC and the Commodity Exchange Authority were basically like, no fucking way can we keep doing this. Can't do that. And so they banned it, and onions are excluded from the term of commodity. Um, so what are they? Well, so, I mean, you can, you, I guess you just can't trade futures on them. That's wild. But so here's where it all ties together. Like I said, the Emperor of Jenks made a post, and he talks about... Um, he has this theory that he has can corner the market on decorative gourds, <laughs> which is the fucking funniest thing that I think I've ever heard. <clears throat> Let's see. I have to find the comment here because he I, it may have been deleted. This guy can live, laugh, love with the best of them. This guy literally might be the funniest person I've ever read comments or even heard of. Because do you know who um, do you know who Carl Pilkington is? The name sounds familiar, but I don't I don't think so. Okay, Carl Pilkington is the friend of like uh, Ricky Gervais. Okay, and he yes, his shitty friend yeah, that they all make fun of. They send yeah. him on trips around the world, and he's just like this homebody from Britain who doesn't want to experience. He's, he's the just world. not good, right? At- being a person and so but he just has these like very funny ways of looking at shit and these weird hypotheses yes. and stuff and just kind of drives his own path that's what this sound, guy what what's that show called because um, i would like to recommend that show um i would also like to recommend that bro and it's called an idiot abroad yes idiot abroad is incredible dude he, so here's where it starts um 212 days ago the emperor posts on r slash investing and he says invest in gourd agricultural futures and people are like what the fuck are you talking about and so he he doesn't get a great response there so a day later he posts on r slash tulsa as in tulsa oklahoma yeah he goes where to buy gourds i'm looking to buy ornamental gourds in bulk for a project i need probably 1500 or so does anyone know of a local farm that grows them? And oh, he wants the real ones, not like the painted ones. No, like, he wants like home, like farm okay. gourds. Okay. And so somebody goes, why, pray tell, do you require such a gourd hoard? I already regret asking. <laughs> and he responds with the following. Due to local fluctuations in the tropopause, the jet stream has been shifting rapidly in a counterclockwise vector, causing a rapid disincorporation of the Hadley vortex cells in the lower ionosphere. Because of this, the geostrophic solar wind balance has deteriorated rapidly in the northern hemisphere. In (laughs) essence, autumnal winter weather patterns in the western United States will lead to the biggest ornamental gourd yield in recorded history. Investing in gourd agriculture futures could likely produce up to $1,600 per day in passive income. However, investing at the apex of the curve would be the most conducive to profit, or profit as the arbitrage, particularly 12B1 fees, will develop a, at a market share higher than the back-end load. Basically, no one will be able to buy the stock at a higher price than you, and all value invested will be retained. A preliminary market penetration investment of $50,000 would be most efficient in generating this income. <laughs> to which the response is, what? <laughs> Understandably. So 
this guy sounds like he fucking has it figured out. Right. He's, He's going to corner man. the gourd market. He's going to make his play. And that's it. He just, he knows that the, the gourd future. The gourd. Right. He's going to be the gourd guy. So he makes some posts. Time goes on. All this stuff. Remember, that was 212 days ago. Okay. He's making these posts on Reddit, and everything's kind of funny. Everything's fine. A lot of posts on r slash Tulsa. But then, <laughs> 27 days ago, he posts, I am financially ruined. Agricultural <laughs> futures. I have lost everything, and I'm not sure how to continue. This summer, I invested $17,500, which constituted six months' salary and my entire life savings, into ornamental gourd futures, hoping to capitalize on this lucrative emerging industry. (laughs) After watching a video about Vincent Kosuga and his monopoly on onions, I decided I'd try to do something similar with another vegetable. I did some research and found out that many agricultural forecasters expected this year's gourd yield would be far smaller than the past due to a deteriorating soil conditions in central Mexico and a warmer than average spring. At first, demand soared around Halloween and prices skyrocketed, but the gourd bubble burst on November 12th. (laughs) Unfortunately, the coronavirus caused a massive drop-off in demand due to fewer families decorating their tables for Thanksgiving, and prices plummeted. I had invested early enough that I thought I would still be fine, but on the morning of December 2nd, a new email in my inbox caused my stomach to turn to a pretzel. The massive gourd shipment from Argentina, scheduled for early March, had arrived. I was planning on selling off my futures right before this in February, but this ruined everything. To top it off, the gourds in this shipment were absolutely gargantuan, some topping four pounds each, causing the price per pound to drop like an anchor into the range of six cents per pound. I am ruined. (laughs) Yo. So this guy loses fucking everything. On ornamental gourds. Dude, that's the shit. Like, who lives these lives? No one knows, dude. No one knows. Like, I want it to just be fake, although we know it's I've not, been around though. long enough to know that, yeah, that's that's not fake. Dude, okay. But he, he tried to be the gourd lord, and instead he became... I, I can't even... I don't even have more witty witty rhymes. Here's the thing, though. That was 27 days ago that he posted this? Yeah. 33 days ago, he posts in r slash Tulsa, where to buy cabbage in bulk. <laughs> hey, Tulsa, <laughs> I need to buy bulk green cabbage for a project. Probably in the range of four to 500 heads. Does anyone know of a place that nearby where I could find that many? <laughs> and here's Try what, cabbage corp, dude. Guy. Here's where the here's where the Carl Pilkington comes in. Some guy goes, "Okay, I know I'm being nosy as hell, but I and also unhelpful, but I have to ask, what on earth kind of project are you doing with 500 ca- heads of cabbage?" And somebody goes, 
And he responds, long story. My cousin just installed a heated pool in his backyards about a couple of months ago. Last week we were drunk watching an OU game and decided, fuck it. What if we made a massive vat of cabbage soup in the pool? We drain it and clean it out beforehand. Package it in disposable containers and give it away to anyone who wants it in Northeast Oklahoma. (laughs) I like... And somebody goes, somebody with a little bit of foresight goes, this looks suspiciously like your gourd post from six months ago. Just stay away from agriculture, you silly goose. I love, good thing that somebody called him out on it, but this dude really seems like he thinks that nobody can go and just look at his post history. Right. And see that there's a pattern. Dude, the day after he posts on Wall Street Bets about him being financially ruined, he goes to r slash gourds and goes, market potential for gourd instruments in Great Plains regions. Hey, all, I've made a massive investment blunder, and I'm faced with either selling off my futures for a loss of $10,500 or taking delivery of roughly 115,000 pounds of ornamental gourds. Both prospects seem pretty dismal, but I figure with some entrepreneurial prowess, I can make my money back. I saw on a PBS documentary three years ago that some cultures use gourd instruments pretty regularly, and I imagine it's a pretty large industry in places like Brazil. Does anyone know if the market is large enough in the U.S., particularly in the southern Great Plains region, to be a viable strategy? If so, how hard is it to make a flute out of a gourd? Thanks. (laughs) Yo. Dude, <laughs> dude, this guy is a fucking legend, though. I mean, he's still coming out with $7,000. Like, kinda. <laughs> um, 150,000 pounds of gourds. Dude, 150,000 pounds of gourds. Yo. The fuck? Okay. The Maybe he f- can put them in his cousin's pool. The thing is, though, you know this dude didn't ever fucking learn. Because 13 days ago, <laughs> he has a post on r slash bullion and says, rhodium, like the rare earth mineral, is yeah. skyrocketing. Invest now for ultimate profit. And he posts a graph of rhodium skyrocketing. Right. And then, <laughs> dude, dude, I didn't see this. 12 days ago, he goes, where to buy, on r slash Tulsa again, he goes, where to buy custom water beds? I'm expecting huge <laughs> profits on an investment I just made, so I think I'll stay in Tulsa after all. I need a new bed, and I'm thinking I'll be able to afford something nice after I strike it rich. I've always been intrigued by the concept of water beds, and I'm wondering if there's a store in Tulsa that will let you make custom dimensions, i.e. 10 by 10 feet. <laughs> uh. And somebody goes, somebody goes, is this for a GME meme for like a GameStop thing? And he goes, no, I bought 8.5 grams of rhodium, an extremely rare metal on credit and expect due to certain market conditions that the price will skyrocket in the next month. (laughs) And somebody goes, what fucking shit did the gourd guy invest in this time? (laughs) So that's 12 days ago. 10 days ago, he posts a picture from rhodium direct of 8.5 grams of rhodium with a signature of authenticity. And it's just a little cube yeah. And somebody goes, I've already made about four or he goes, I've already made about four hundred dollars on my investment. Which people are like, Great, man. Awesome. Somebody else comments under that and goes, What did you do with your gourds? And he <laughs> says, I was able to sell off most of my futures, but unfortunately I did take inventory of a pretty substantial amount. Some are in my apartment, some got dumped in the woods, and some ended up in the Arkansas River. <laughs> 
<laughs> then somebody comments below that and goes, hey, not to burst your bubble, but rhodium is non-reactive and does not rust or tarnish. That material is qu clearly quite oxidized, so either it is full of impurities or you were sold some random chunk of scrap metal. And he goes, I hope you're wrong. I'm taking it in for chemical analysis this weekend. <laughs> it turns out he basically bought it from, like, European Wish. The seediest person he could find. Yeah, like, literally, yeah. It, it looks like European Wish. Good. And so that's 10 days ago. Nine days ago, he goes, I found out how to make gourds edible. Over the last few weeks, I've been experimenting with gourds almost nonstop, looking to find a way to turn them around for profit. I've come up empty. But out of hunger and sheer boredom, I did find a way to make a moderately edible dish out of your standard Thanksgiving table ornamental gourds. <laughs> Here's the recipe. Cut off all the knobs and warts off the gourd with a knife. Then use a potato peeler to take the skin off. This is really difficult and doesn't need to be perfect, but the less skin, the better. Fill a large pot with eight cups of water, one cup apple cider vinegar, half a cup of salt, and a bay leaf. Stir. Bring this to a rolling boil and add up to four gourds. Put a lid on the pot and boil for th on high for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Remove the gourds and then place on a baking sheet. Cut them in half and sprinkle them with generous amounts of salt and paprika. Then broil for 30 minutes, flipping halfway through. Remove, cut into cubes, and serve over rice. So you basically have to break down all the fiber in this gourd. Right. <laughs> so, somebody goes I'm holding out for an intravenous method of delivery for ingestion please let me know if there are any breakthroughs with that <laughs> and he goes I'm in contact with another reddit user right now I'll let you know if we come up with something <laughs> eight no. days ago he also posts in Tulsa hey Tulsa any stores specializing in rare metals I just bought some rhodium <laughs> off the internet and I'm starting to get concerned that it's not legit does anyone know of a shop that deals with rare and expensive metals <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a legend he then posts on r slash what's this rock and goes is this rhodium request urgent <laughs> and somebody goes looks like pyrite it would help if you took it out of the bag though and he goes i spent over four thousand dollars on this not gonna take it out of the bag <laughs> um the listing is gone from where he bought it good just dude he what a mess Dude, what's so funny is his profile picture on Reddit, his like banner is just ornamental yeah. ornamental gourds. <laughs> and he's it looks like he's moving to Uruguay. Wow. So and I would too at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uruguay I wanna get out of here. Good one. Yeah, I tried. Dude <laughs> Tyler, I got a bit of a philosophical question for you Please. real quick. If we want to move away from gourds. Yeah, I, I it might even be time for Tweet of the Week here soon. So what's up? For sure. And this one this one even has an explanation that comes with it, but I want to hear your opinion. <laughs> okay. First, if you put a milkshake in one yard and crack a cold one in the in another yard, which yard would the boys go to? Both. Both? I think so. You think so? I think some go well, to some go to the milkshake yard, some go to the to the beer yard. You would think that. Okay, what what but am I missing? Somebody somebody's done the science behind sure. it. So somebody said Schrodinger's boys. First of all, you yeah. don't know which which yard they're going to. That is true. They're in. Uh, they're simultaneously in both and neither at the same time. Right. And somebody tried to be funny and said, "What about cracking open a cold milkshake?" And that's just dumb. Um, but this person, I think, solved it really. 
says, as we all know, the milkshake brings the boys to the yard. The presence of the boys is a prerequisite for cracking open a cold one. But cold ones do not have any inherent boy-attracting abilities. Milkshakes, however, do. All else being equal, the boys would proceed to the milkshake yard. While it is possible to announce the presence of cold ones in the hope of attracting some boys, the pull of the milkshake is much more powerful by comparison. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, don't I would have to agree, agree with that. Like, if there's milk <laughs> milkshakes, I think the boys are going there. <laughs> it's good analysis. I can't can't say yeah, I disagree. Right? I love people with more time than me. Dude, I do too. They make some of the best stuff. There aren't very many people with more time than me right well, now. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't created anything. Hey, that's okay. We're working on it. Dude, is it Tweet of the Week? Tweet of the Week time. This one comes to us from Cullen Swamp Trash Crawford, who says, Redwall was important for kids like me. Too asthmatic for sports and too stupid for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Yo, they're bringing Redwall back. Yeah. As a Netflix series. It's exciting. I think it's it. I think it is exciting. I used to watch that shit all the time. Um, this one comes from Slater at Brandon Slater. Why drive eight minutes when I can spend an extra forty three dollars to have food delivered to my doorstep? True. <laughs> <laughs> from Fibs at Fibula One at Trader Joe's with no list, no plan, clear eyes, full heart, huge ass, can't lose. <laughs> this one comes from Shane Smith. At uh, Shea Dozer. Having a crush is absolute garbage. You'll be sitting eating an apple and randomly be like, I wonder if they like apples. Bro, who gives a fuck? Why are they in my head for apple time? <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> um, Guami stand account, or stand account says, Rob Deerdeck dresses like he's got a wire on. <laughs> and I don't know that I disagree. Not the more well, I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one comes from Lola Buncher at Bola Luncher. Every year on New Year's Eve, I think, no way they can turn this number into glasses. And every year, I am wrong. <laughs> Last one from, from me comes to us from Sexual Alex Grease. And it says, why do they even still make porn? It's been done to death. Oh, what's going to happen in this one? Take a wild fucking guess, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I think this will be my last one. Uh, this one comes from Absolute Angel at Internet Hippo. It's wild that you can just do anything. Date the wrong person, choose the wrong career. You can go outside and start eating dirt if you want, <clears throat> and the universe lets you. Not even a pop-up. Like, are you sure? That's true. A lot of freedom. Also, I, f- I found a tag from this shirt that somebody bought Okay. Uh, that I think describes my personality. Please. Um, it says 100% silk-feeling polyester. <laughs> silk-feeling polyester. Yes. It's most certainly not silk. It just feels no. like it. It's polyester. It just feels like it. <laughs> That's fucking it's hilarious, actually. Silk-feeling polyester. Yeah, I don't know. At least they're honest Maybe. about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Careful standing by the fire. Guys, go ahead and tweet us the deets of what f- agricultural futures you want to buy. What do you want to corner the market on? Yes. 
<laughs> Guys, go ahead and t- tweet us the deets about what you would do if you had to take delivery of 115,000 pounds of ornamental gourds. Where would you put 150,000 pounds of, of ornamental gourds? gourds? I mean, a- at least if it was like, dude, you could host a pumpkin chunk in you and could? just charge people a bunch of money to get in. Dude, a buck each. Yeah. A dollar a gourd? You come out with $150,000? That's what I'm saying. Well, no, more than that. Wait, yeah. A buck a pound. Sure. Yeah. And everybody's going to take the small gourds first. Right. But even still, just like, yeah. hey, you know, I, fuck it, a dollar a gourd. Yeah, I think if you did a dollar a gourd, you'd be fine. You'd make good money. Yeah. I would pay a dollar to fucking yeet a gourd. Yeah. Anyway. And you can even, yeah. That's all I got. I'm going to think about throwing <laughs> gourds now. All right. Happy Valentine's Day. Hey, you too. Bye. Bye.